This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday. We are back on Twitch. I, apparently, like, um, you know, left Twitch was split and whether they were, were participating in the blackout or not. I just, collective action works. I don't cross picket lines. As I said, I didn't really even agree with the premise. I want the hate raids. Give me your hate raids. That that should have been my message. Perhaps I should have broadcast and been like, hey, I'm here. I want your hate raids. But I just, I don't, I don't feel good about crossing the picket line. Warlord, I didn't even know. I, I'm a wonk. I'm a nerd, but that shows you how isolated the U.S. is from everybody else's affairs. I didn't even know that the fucking, one, that the prime minister was up for re-election. Two, that there was a debate going on tonight. That's how up our own asses we are here in the U.S. We do not pay attention to the affairs of even our neighbors. <laughs> even those of us who are, are the most plugged in and actually watching the news, reading the news, listening to the news, whatever you want to call it, didn't fucking know there was a debate tonight. Uh, Trudeau's a shit lib. I hope that I, I think there's, isn't there like a, a Muslim or a Sikh candidate that's progressive and then there's like a far right nut job or something like that. I said, I didn't know there was an election going on, but like I, I, I didn't know it was going on now. I believe there's like a Sikh or a. A Muslim that is running as a progressive. Don't hold me to that because I know nothing the fuck about it. I <laughs> oh, Canada. What a show we have for you tonight. Charlie Kirk has threatened to fire some of his employees over their vaccine status. Candace Owens denied access to a COVID test, apparently, allegedly. Apparently she got a mean letter with it. Surprise, surprise. The schools in Tennessee that have a no opt-out mask policy are the ones with the least number of cases. Liberty University in Virginia has more COVID cases than the four major universities in the state combined. Also going to be saluting another fallen officer that probably didn't get the vaccine and has died of COVID. Oh shit, you could face a fine. If you ask to see proof of a vaccine in Florida, you don't have to worry about that. If you're going to a football game in Tennessee, though, uh, Neyland Stadium is going to be 
at capacity with screaming football fans. Hardly any COVID restrictions. That that should go really fucking well. Oh shit, I had a cat picture up for you. Oh, you want to talk about farming families? I actually had it on the docket for last night. And uh, just where I had it, it didn't fit in with what we were talking about, so I skipped over it. The Sackler family has, I, I don't I don't know the best way to put it. They have won immunity. They're going to have to pay some, but by the time they've actually paid everything, they will be richer than what they were when they started paying. Aw, we need always more animal pictures are needed. And I need to I need to quit bogarting all the ones that I have. Because I have a shit ton of animal pictures of my own animals, of Smokey, of Socrates, a fucking little asshole Maynard, where are you at? We're going to talk about cops tonight. The cop that uh, shot Dante Wright has had her charges upped. The city of Huntsville has released the body cam footage of the cop that shot the man in the face. The convicted murderer that the city and the police department still stand behind. And tried to bl- tr- tried to block the release of the video. Oh, Ted Cruz is down on the border and he is hunting illegal immigrants. Ted Cruz hunting at the border. We've got video of it. You know that's going to be good. Matt Gates having a fit about critical race theory. A House committee has approved a $25 billion increase to the military budget. Ironically, that's about what it would cost to vaccinate the world. We're going to hear from Ro Khanna on that one. First, we're going to start off tonight with the fucking catastrophic flooding which has occurred all across the country. The first video that we have is from Waverly, Tennessee. A time-lapse video from somebody's front fucking porch. I believe the video takes place over the course of like... You can see that it's sped up there when you see the van go by. This is a 12-minute video condensed down into two minutes. Watch what the fuck happens. This is in central Tennessee. This is the remains of Hurricane Ida, which made landfall early on Sunday. I apparently I picked a, a bad night to broadcast. We got a prime minister's debate, an orbital launch. But I have so much hilarious right-wing content to make fun of. God damn! 
Look how fucking fast that happened. This was within 10 fucking minutes. The water went from, from, from being non-existent in their yard to... Fuck, it's halfway up their house. I'm not sure which bus driver you're talking about, Dip. Fuck! A truck rammed into a house. Vehicles just floating down the down the road. Wild scene. And then like this is in Middle Tennessee. I maybe I'm just ignorant of it. I'm not sure if if this was a common occurrence fucking 20 years ago with storms that the 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 same storm that causes flooding in Middle Tennessee is causing fucking flooding in New York City in the subway system. This is fucking nuts. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know about that. I knew about the flooding. I didn't know about the the bus driver. Uh, like, sounds like a fucking hero. That's what I'm. I'm thinking like a hurricane didn't used to hit Louisiana. And cause this kind of shit to happen in New York City, I don't think. They had tornado now, like... It's not a big deal for me to have, you know, a tornado warning. That's that's not an issue because it, like it happens all the fucking time. But like New Jersey, New York, under a tornado warning, that that doesn't happen all the time. How the fuck do I get out? Like Facebook doing something weird to me here. This footage of a funnel cloud in fucking New Jersey. Good evening, Cricks. Fuck! The remnants of Ida moving through the northeast causing the crazy flooding that we saw at the New York City subway. We got some tragic news from this nursing home. Hey, Karen, we're still, it's on its way to you, so we should have it for you very shortly. Um, we're seeing... This is in Independence, Louisiana. ...residents to another facility. I just saw one pass that had, um, it looked like it had two of the residents in there. It looked like they were both either in wheelchairs or chairs. They were wearing masks. I know we were talking about that earlier, that it didn't appear that all of them were. Um, they may have just taken them off outside because um, now it looks like a lot of them are. Um, but we're just... Because they're transferring... Uh, residents that they had holed up at a nursing home 
One of the workers caring for the more than 800 nursing home residents evacuated to a warehouse in Independence said that he expected some residents would die because of how bad the conditions were. This is a nursing home that they evacuated into a warehouse. Four people have died. The unidentified worker spoke with reporter Erica Fernando and said that the facility was overcrowded and there weren't enough workers to take care of the residents. There just wasn't enough room. Living conditions wasn't good. It was too crowded. Didn't have enough people. Four of the 850 nursing home residents sheltered inside a leaky warehouse during Hurricane Ida have died. More residents were evacuated from the warehouse on stretchers and in wheelchairs being taken by ambulance to safe facilities for treatment. Good Lord! Meanwhile, out on the West Coast, they are dealing with fucking fire tornadoes. A fire whirl caught on video. There was an aerial assault. We've noticed two choppers that started at 9 o'clock this morning. Look at that. They're making their drops. And what they're doing is they're circling around, going to the foothills, and then stopping into a certain location on this private property, uh, this very big area of farmland horse country and then they're picking up more materials it's not water it may be some mix of chemicals sand and dirt and then they're making their rounds around this area as you see uh, all of this is scorched land they're also attacking it on the ground i've noticed a lot of fire trucks uh, fire trucks excuse me tankers uh, from san diego san bernardino riverside all coming out here with mutual aid Uh, so they're going up into the foothills as you see those firefighters uh, as well as some of the inmates that are helping out here but uh, as you take a closer look this is uh, the Mates are exploiting. Very intense with the flames uh, as you're taking a look at the video. That was a very difficult problem as those flames burned overnight near the homes as firefighters battled the Chaparral fire. So far, it scorched 1,200 acres, 0% contained. Uh, winds just. There's your fire tornado. Creating almost tornado like conditions. Uh, they were starting to whirl and swirl around. Uh, dry brush, a lot of that here today, and the hot weather uh, just making that even worse. Just another day in late stage capitalist USA. Uh, this area, a lot of the folks who live here have already evacuated their large properties. Um, a lot of horses, goats, uh, other farm animals we've noticed, they've been taken to uh, close by shelters. Poor farm animals. Is open for anyone that is, uh, forced We're probably going to see an outbreak of worms and farm animals. Officials say evacuation orders as well as... I'm sure they are. Further notice. Uh, but back there was actually a uh, earthquake. Around like it was like a three magnitude. It was in... Um, and really a like lot the of central part of California on the shop. I message media winch, by the way, it is media winch's birthday. Be sure to tell her happy birthday. Last couple of hours, weekend weather, very hot. When you drop by Echoplex media later on tonight, folks, please just message media winch. Make sure she was okay. She's like, oh, I didn't feel no fucking earthquake. Check on the elderly. Uh, oh yeah. That was hours away from us. Possibly can because, uh, these conditions are not good for the firefighters and for fire conditions as well. We're going to leave you with this image. Gene Kang live in Murrieta on the Chaparral Fire. Back to you, Lynette and Mark. Good goddamn. Maybe, maybe it is the fucking end of the, Maybe it is the book of Revelations coming true. I saw a meme that said the four horsemen of the apocalypse are going to be pissed because they're going to have worms too. Because everybody's used up all the damn fucking horse paste. 
I, I hope Candace Owens is taking horse paste. Speaking of firestorm, Biden facing a firestorm right now because of the transcript of a call with the exiled president, former president of Afghanistan. Honestly, she should be taking some fucking horse paste. Put your money where, put your horse paste where your mouth is, ma'am. I don't know if she specifically touted that treatment, though. That's wrong of me to assume. The last call between U.S. President Joe Biden and his Afghanistan counterpart before the Taliban seized control of the country, the leaders discussed military aid, political strategy, and messaging tactics. But neither Biden nor Ashraf Ghani appeared aware or aware of or prepared for the immediate danger of the entire country falling to insurgents, a transcript reviewed by Reuters shows. Now, this is quite obvious. It seems that the military leaders and the intelligence community community thought it was going to take a month or two at least for the Taliban to take over the entire country. The men spoke for roughly 14 minutes on July 23rd. On August 15th, Ghani fled the presidential palace and the Taliban entered Kabul. Since then, tens of thousands of desperate Afghans have fled and 13 U.S. troops and scores of Afghan civilians were killed. Many of the Afghan civilians were killed by our troops. In a suicide bombing at the Kabul airport during the frenetic U.S. military evacuation, Reuters reviewed a transcript of the presidential phone call and has listened to the audio to authenticate the conversation. The materials were provided on condition of anonymity by a source who was not authorized to distribute it. In the call, Biden offered aid if Ghani could publicly project he had a plan to control the spiraling situation in Afghanistan. Now, this is this is the thing that the right-wingers are claiming, that it's comparative to, you know, Trump trying to extort the president of the Ukraine. Let's see what we think about it. This is my first time reading this. We will continue to provide close air support if we know what the plan is, Biden said. Days before the call, the U.S. carried out airstrikes to support Afghan security forces, a move the Taliban said was in violation of the Doha Peace Agreement. U.S. President also advised Ghani to get buy-in from powerful Afghans for a military strategy going forward and then to put a warrior in charge of the effort. Reference to Defense Minister General Bishmala Ka uh, Mohammadi. Biden lauded the Afghan armed forces, which were trained and funded by the U.S. government. You clearly have the best military. Now he is sounding like Trump. This is sounding like a Trump call. You have the best military. You have 300,000 well-armed forces versus 70 to 80,000, and they're clearly capable of fighting well. Days later, the Afghan military started folding across the provincial capitals in the country with little fight against the Taliban. They didn't have any incentive to fight. Much of the call, Biden focused on what he called the Afghan government's perception problem. I need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban, Biden said. 
And there is a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. I'm told Ghani that if Afghanistan's prominent political figures were to give a press conference together backing a new military strategy, that will change perception, and that will change an awful lot, I think. So he's just he's wanting you to put a, a good face going forward so that the army has something to believe in and just doesn't fold automatically because they, they don't think there's a plan going forward. Sounds perfectly reasonable to me. There's there's no there's no quid pro quo or extortion going on here. The American leader's words indicated he didn't anticipate the massive insurrection and collapse to come 23 days later. We are going to continue to fight hard, diplomatically, politically, economically, to make sure your government not only survives, but is sustained and grows. Well, it seems like the Afghan government did not, like... Ghani just wanted to fucking get the money and run. The general that we played the video of inside of his fucking house, he was on the take. He just wanted to get the money and run. Like, it was always about extortion. I mean, I'm sorry, like, money laundering. Got extortion on the brain now, comparing it to the Trump call. After the call, the White House released a statement that focused on Biden's commitment to supporting Afghan security forces and the administration seeking funds for Afghanistan from Congress. Ghani told Biden he believed there could be peace if he could rebalance the military solution, but he added, we need to move with speed. We are facing a full-scale invasion composed of Taliban, full Pakistani planning and logistical support, and at least ten to 15,000 international terrorists, predominantly Pakistanis, Thrown into this, Ghani said, Afghan government officials and U.S. experts have consistently pointed to Pakistani support for the Taliban as key to the group's resurgence. The Pakistani embassy in Washington denies those allegations. Clearly, the myth of Taliban fighters crossing the, uh, from Pakistan is unfortunately an excuse and an afterthought peddled by Mr. Uh, Ashraf Ghani to justify his failure to lead the, and govern. There's some truth to that. The whole the whole situation is a mess. <sighs> By God, the war hawks here in this country are trying to use it to up military spending. There is a bill in committee right now approved by the committee going forward to increase military spending by 25 billion is recognized. This is Representative Ro Khanna. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you for your leadership. I rise in strong opposition to this amendment. My question is simple. If we are getting out of Afghanistan and we have money, why are we spending this $23.9 billion on increasing defense as opposed to, for example, giving the money to all our veterans who served in Afghanistan for 20 years? Why wouldn't that be a better use of the money? or my Republican colleagues who have spoken eloquently about our obligation to our Afghan allies. I mean, I think Ro Khanna knows the the answer to that is there's no money in giving it to our veterans. 
or revamping the VA or whatever program you want to spend it on. There is money giving it to defense contractors. And to Afghan refugees. Why not spend the money on resettling them or helping with their evacuation? I don't understand why we need at a time where we're withdrawing from Afghanistan, when we have been withdrawing from Iraq, a budget that is higher than at the height of the Cold War, than it is than it is higher than three of President Trump's budgets. Yeah, it would be it would be something if we actually spent our defense budget on defense and not aggressive behavior. Here is the question people are asking. The Democrats right now have the presidency. We have the Senate. We have the House of Representatives. And you're telling me our party, when we have both chambers and the president, are going to succumb to a Republican addition to the defense budget? If we don't stand up now to make sure that we are not... Honestly. ...defense budget beyond what Trump wants, what good is it to control both chambers and the presidency? Let's be very clear. Exactly. And this is the reason why the Democrats hemorrhage votes. Beyond what the Pentagon wants. This is an... People are like, what's the point? It's just the same shit. ...across this country. I wanted more cuts than the president's budget, but I support the president's budget. I would vote for the president's budget through this committee. I have voted for every... The Republicans are honest when they're fucking us. Every time. I would say the Democrats are courteous enough to give us a reach around while they're fucking us. Trump's budget through this committee, but, but I, they are—they are gaslighting us while they fuck us. This time, to advance this budget, if we are going to disregard the president, if we're going to disregard the Pentagon, if we're going to disregard the facts on the ground, and if we're going to not show any spine as a Democratic Party and say that we actually have the presidency, we have the Senate, we have the House of Representatives, we ought to have our values. And if we're not going to prioritize what needs to be prioritized in this country, which is taking on the pandemic, which is supporting our vet- veterans who served in Afghanistan, supporting resettlement of those who are our allies. So I oppose this amendment. And if this amendment. Thank you, Rokon, taking care of the pandemic. It seems like the government has just like ignored the fact that there is a pandemic going on. We're going to talk about that here in a second. I'm glad he brought up the pandemic and used it. To contrast the $25 billion addition, for $25 billion, we could vaccinate the world. The United States can help the world produce billions of vaccine doses for just over $3 per dose. A $25 billion investment in vaccine production by the U.S. government would produce enough vaccine for low- and middle-income countries in one year. Hey, Frame, I'm doing great. A little pissed off over this shit, though. Republicans are wanting to add $25 billion to our defense spending. Defense spending! The military budget. When for $25 billion, we could vaccinate the entire fucking world. That pisses me off. I'm also pretty pissed off about the Texas law going into effect 
The Supreme Court finally did issue a ruling. It was five to four with robbers coming down on the side of the progressive justices to not do anything. And like, it's a real, I don't know if I actually put the, the ruling in here. Should have read it. It's very weird. Cause like they said, they're not going to act because of a, they don't know if the law is constitutional or not, but the challenge to the law didn't follow. It didn't dot all its I's and cross its T's. So the Supreme Court rejected it. But they, they, they didn't actually weigh in on whether the law is constitutional. It's not. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced Thursday that she plans to bring up legislation that would codify Roe v. Wade, the landmark Supreme Court decision that protects the rights to choose to have an abortion as soon as the House returns from recess this month. Upon our return, the House will bring up Congresswoman Judy Chu's women. They're still on recess. They're still like as if like we don't have several pressing issues going on. You'll see there is committee meetings going on, and that's that's what we were playing the clip from earlier with Rokana. But other other uh, representatives are zooming into committee meetings, and we'll we'll see one of those from the Republican side here in a second. I, j- I can't believe we're in the middle of this many crises and fucking Congress is like, ah, we're on recess. Her announcement comes a day after the U.S. Supreme Court allowed an extreme Texas law to go into effect that criminalizes abortion at six weeks and deputizes citizens to enforce the ban. I did not bring up the fucking website because I didn't have as many people last night. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Let me get the website here. Let's promote it again just in case anybody doesn't uh, know about how you should not go to the snitchy website. ProLifeWhistleblower.com you should not go to the website prolifewhistleblower.com. You should not Google Texas Right to Life. You should not find your way to this form, which says help enforce the Texas Heartbeat Act. And you should not click on send me an anonymous tip. You should not click on the link that I'm going to share out in the chat right now. Do not, I'm not encouraging you at all to go to ProLifeWhistleblower.com, upload furry porn, pictures of your own genitalia, anything like that. You, I'm not encouraging anyone to find a iPhone script that spams sites. I'm not encouraging anyone to change their IP address multiple times and upload tips to prolifewhistleblower.com. I would never, ever, ever encourage that kind of trollish behavior. The House Speaker uh, railed against the Supreme Court's decision saying it's cowardly dark of night decision. I, it's not a dark of night decision. 
They just they just let the bill take a, it took effect on September first, and the Supreme Court just let it take effect. They issued a ruling the next fucking day. Let the Texas law take effect delivers ca- uh, ca- uh, a delivers catastrophe to women in Texas, particularly women of color and women from low income communities. Every woman everywhere has the constitutional right to basic health care. SB eight is the most extreme, dangerous abortion ban in half a century. And its purpose is to destroy Roe v. Wade and even refuses to make exceptions for cases of rape and incest. This ban necessitates codifying Roe v. Wade. I wish you guys had thought about this, you know, beforehand. I wish that we can take action beforehand on issues we can all see coming. The House is currently scheduled to come back into session on September 20th. Meanwhile, I do believe this Saturday is the last Saturday anybody is going to be getting unemployment checks that have the federal plus up that's probably going to end their unemployment for for many people because it goes back to the just the state-level benefits. Most people will have exhausted their state-level benefits. Rent due yesterday in the eviction moratorium has been struck down by the Supreme Court. But hey, Congress is on vacation for another three weeks. Unfortunately, in Texas, like the way the law is set up is it's to bring civil action against somebody seeking an abortion. So like, let's say... Uh, my friend uh, Allie is going for an abortion. I drive her. Somebody knows I drove her to get an abortion. They can sue me for $10,000. They get $10,000. There's a $10,000 bounty for suing me because the, the law states aiding and abetting. So it's not a law that outlaws abortion. It allows people to sue for aiding and abetting an abortion. So there's actually no law to violate. There's no there's nobody to call the cops on, right? It, you do this civil action. But by proxy, it outlaws abortion. It is bullshit. Well, as we're going to find out with the Sackler family here in a little bit, it's going to be... Extremely hard to sue the wealthy, apparently. If you have strong feelings about the uh, abortion bans, there is a network. I saw this post shared out again. There's an existing network for this purpose led by a black queer intersex doula who had an abortion, miscarriage, and two kids. Our network is 76 orgs deep. The National Network of Abortion Funds. You can find them on Facebook. I'm going to share the link for their website, which should have all of their social media on it. They say they are need, they 
they don't need to reinvent the movement. If this is an issue that concerns you, join in with them. The movement is already there. Follow Abortion Funds on Twitter. Donate to the Abortion Fund. AOC came out talking about the fucking filibuster. Grabbing the filibuster over abortion rights shouldn't be a difficult decision. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez decried a restrictive abortion law that went into effect in Texas on Wednesday, citing it as a call to action for progressives to challenge the legislative filibuster in the Senate. Republicans promised to overturn Roe v. Wade, and they have. Ocasio-Cortez tweeted on Wednesday night, Democrats can either abolish the filibuster and expand the court, or do nothing as millions of people's bodies are rights and lives are sacrificed for far-right minority rule. Anybody, anybody can see that they are using the abortion issue as a wedge issue to motivate dumb people. It's a lot easier to say the Democrats are in favor of killing babies than it is to actually make a case for your economic policies when your economic policies are shit. That's why they resort to this culture war nonsense. They want to make people scared. Scared of abortion. Scared of critical race theory. Scared of cultural Marxism. It's absolute bullshit, but on, on top of that, it's a it's a fucking extremely personal decision. I I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, it's not a decision women make lightly. It's not like they're just willy-nilly going out and getting knocked up and like, aha, I'll go have an abortion. That doesn't fucking happen. They're they're weighing their ability to be able to care for a child in their situation. And to act like, oh, it's just the murder of a baby. Like, you're fucking stupid. That That is straw manning the other side of the issue. That's why I got so upset last night when I read that tweet from a guy that said, I'm pro-choice, but the pro-choice people always mischaracterize the pro-life people. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. It's none of their fucking business. It is a personal morality issue. What somebody else thinks about it is, like, irrelevant. And I see a lot of women say, like, oh, men can't have opinions on abortion. No, men absolutely can have opinions on abortion, and the only opinion you should have is it's none of your fucking business. And you can't convince me, you cannot convince me that bringing a child into this world in undesirable circumstances isn't child abuse. I don't think children should be allowed to have children. And this is this is getting into a, into a weird issue that I probably will find a lot of disagreement with. I don't I don't think I think children should be forced to have an abortion. You're under legal age. You should not be allowed to have a child. 
I, I, I will probably get some, some disagreement with people on the pro-choice side on that. I just, I, you're putting that child at a disadvantage. And yourself. Like, if you're, if you're fucking 15, 16 years old, you haven't gotten a chance to live life or to gain the wisdom to care for a child. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. It's a it's a it's a fascist party. That's all there is to it. I I'm really disheartened going into 2022. It's going it's going to be a it's going to be a slog, it's going to be a fight. Congressional races just don't have the spotlight that presidential races have. And fucking 2022 is probably far more important than even 2020 was. I Here's the thing is like Roberts is kind of siding with the liberals to make the... the I, I want to say he's making the, the court seem more impartial than what it actually is here in these early decisions possibly. But also there's this thing like, you know, the reason why they put justices on the court for lifetime appointments is because it, it's supposed to separate them from the politics. And a lot of times you put right-wingers on the court and they actually fucking go back towards the left when they don't have the political pressures on them. And I... Roberts had... Uh, I, this is this is probably a discussion for another time. We we could spend hours on the fucking makeup of the court, and especially even what has happened to the court in, in like my adult lifetime in the last twenty, starting with fucking John Roberts. Last from the blast, the name Cheney, as we've been talking a lot about Afghanistan. 9-11 coming up, blah, blah, blah. Liz Cheney has been elevated as vice chair of the January 6th committee. Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming will now have a higher profile on the special committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Chairman Benny Thompson on Thursday elevated her as vice chairman of the select committee, move designed to blunt criticism from former President Trump. Who gives a shit? Trump's going to fucking... Criticism from Trump is going to come no matter what. Blunt criticism from Trump. Like, his supporters give a fuck. They already hate Liz Cheney. She's a rhino. She's a Republican in name only because she disagrees with us on this one issue. Whether you can uh, suck Trump's dick enough. Representative Cheney has demonstrated again and again her commitment to getting answers about January 6th. Ensuring accountability and doing whatever it takes to protect democracy for the American people, Thompson said in a statement. Her leadership and insights have shaped the early work of the select committee. This appointment underscores the bipartisan nature of this effort. It's good messaging for the Washington insiders, the Beltway media, they like to call it. 
Because, you know, meanwhile, the Republicans are just out here just being nonsensical about everything. Here is a representative bitching about how Congress was having a committee meeting. By the way, Congress not in session. This was just a committee meeting. And he was able to zoom into it. He He's using Ida as a... Wait, what, what was this motherfucker's name? Garrett Graves of Louisiana. Representative Garrett Graves. I just want to make sure I understand. You're, you're asking about opening statements? Yeah, well, I'm asking for the general debate on the item under consideration. And then we're going to go into amendments after that happens. Uh, Mr. Chairman, yeah, I would like to seek recognition. Gentleman is recognized, Mr. Graves. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, um, I apologize. We, we, we had to find somewhere where we could get a, a good enough cell connection uh, using both AT&T and Verizon because we just got hit with the fifth most powerful hurricane in U.S. history and the most powerful one to hit our state ever. Uh, winds preliminarily recorded to be up to about 190, 190 miles per hour. So you can take what's going on up in New York, New Jersey, and you can throw in a little bit of, of wind action there. Um, cell phone service is out. Um, uh, across most of the areas, South Louisiana. We now, I assume this is markup for the reconciliation bill. Um, and this legislation will effectively, oh, and, and, and in fact, we have active search and rescue operations going on as we speak because cell phone service is down, so we don't even know where the hell people are right now uh, because we can't get in touch with them. Uh, doing welfare checks all over the southern part of the state. Sir, sir. I don't think you are doing those things. I think emergency management has that under control. And your job is to be a congressman. And you're bitching about this in order to neglect your duties? Because because we don't we can't even communicate with one another. We have 911 systems down, emergency operations centers without uh, communications. And, um, and this legislation... Oh, and we have uh, gas stations... Uh, I, I believe last I saw 60% of our gas stations. This legislation, which is, I, mean, I think this is the gas stations overnight budget bill. Their vehicles and their generators because it's the only way that some people can live that are on oxygen that have to have their insulin refrigerated and things like so that. This is literally a bill to address a lot of the shit you're talking about right now. Infrastructure. And quite frankly, the fact that I'm freaking sitting here right now, even spending time with y'all is ridiculous. This legislation, what is this was for a soundbite in right wing media. Make no mistake about it. That's what they're all going for. They want to get played on right wing media. It actually is a is probably a final nail in the coffin of the industry that's that right now is struggling because ninety five percent of the offshore industry right now energy production is shut down. Ninety five percent. We have somewhere like twenty percent of the nation's refining capacity. It's shut down right now. And and so this legislation comes in and tries to further kill it. And then all this does is benefit Iran. It benefits uh, Russia. It benefits China. And, and you sit there and say, oh, you're just being dramatic. This is just rhetoric. Well, I mean, It is. Look at what's happened. We, we talked about this. The exact things that we said about increasing global emissions, increasing energy prices, becoming more dependent upon other countries. That's exactly what's happening. You, you called it rhetoric. and It's exactly what's happening. Right now, I, I just, I, 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 it's, it's, 
dumbfounding to me. What are you talking about? I just spent four years telling with with fucking Trump supporters telling me like America is completely in energy independent right now. Are you telling me that Joe Biden, we're debating his first budget bill, has already killed all that? By the way, there was Obama that made us energy independent by increasing fucking drilling off the coast and then refuge. But, like, I, I don't know what he's talking about. It, it, it's confounding to me. People can think these things are good ideas. Like, where does this come from? You know, people say, oh, what happened in Afghanistan? Was just a, that was just a, a one-time thing. It was bad. He said, no, this is, this is a fight. This stupidity in the afterthoughts of Afghanistan policy across every other area of government. Mr. Chairman, I, I just... I, uh, this isn't political. Just stop. We have people that are dying right now. We have people that are that are trying to live in homes without roofs, that homes that have fallen down, and you're sitting here doing a markup to spend however many gazillion dollars you want to spend. I just this is just really to invest know, into infrastructure it's, it's, to do things like prepare for future hurricanes. You stupid fuck. You stupid fuck. And you want to take your time not to actually give input into the bill and say something relevant. No, no, no. You wanted to take your time to try to get a fucking piece on Fox News or The Blaze or share it out by TPUSA on Facebook in a nice little soundbite as propaganda. And and I just, I, I urge you, just just have a little humanity and just, just take a break. This is just stupid. It, it is. It's just stupid. That I've got to take time from, from, from doing what I need to be doing to help get people the resources. I just met with the fire chief. He, he, I mean, he's sitting there going through, like, they, they don't even have water. He just got a fuel tank. And, and, and we're sitting here talking about marking up trillion-dollar legislation. If this were in your district, this wouldn't be happening, and you know it. And, and I, just, I just urge y'all, just, just take a step back right now. And I am sure he could have totally skipped the committee meeting, and nobody would have batted an eye. That was Representative Garrett Graves of Louisiana. Matt Gates did show up for the committee meeting in person. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. With all due respect to my colleague from Maryland. Now, what did, it, what did he have to talk about during this committee hearing? And I, I would suggest he read John O'Calamar and Ibram Kendry, these self-avowed critical race theorists because they have a definition that... Hold on, hold on. I I do need to take this opportunity to say how the fuck is Matt Gaetz still in Congress? How the fuck is Matt Gaetz still in Congress? Colleague laid before the committee. Uh, They hold the position that critical race theory is avowedly political, that it divorces from the objective, that we cannot... that viewing things as, as objectively right or objectively wrong is racist. I think presenting that to anyone who would potentially lead people in battle, as I know my colleague has, is wrong. And I don't think, to Mr. Courtney's point, that it's inappropriate for the House Armed Services Committee to reflect on the values that are being instilled in service members or really in anyone that's putting the uniform on and fighting for our country. I don't think a motherfucker who is under investigation for... 
our fellow Americans. Sex trafficking a child to be talking about what he, how do you put it? And fighting for our country. Critical race theory is a poison. It otherizes our fellow Americans. It is not what we need in our military, in our schools, in our lives, or anywhere in a great nation. And the reason we have to legislate around these things is because we got two different answers from Millie and Austin. We were all here when, in response to my question, Secretary of Defense Austin said, we don't teach critical race theory. There is no critical race theory in our service academies. And then lo and behold, Mr. Waltz had the receipts. He held up the curriculum that feeds into this notion of division. But what, like, was it in like a legal class? Of the civil rights movement. If you really read a lot of the critical race Because Millie, Millie spoke up, like Austin said, we don't teach critical race theory. And then Millie spoke up and was like, I read everything. I read Mao. I read Marx. But he never actually said that like we teach critical race theory. But if like you're, you're fucking, you're in a legal classroom... I would assume it does indeed come up. Rejection of the values of Martin Luther King. They say that integration was wrong. That integration shouldn't have happened. What? Critical race theory is a vile incarnation of ethno-nationalism in America. And I reject ethno-nationalism whether it comes from... Bullshit! 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 You are an ethno-nationalist. Your supporters are white supremacists, sir. I thought it was something. You are a piece of shit. Reflected on the specific professor that was offering instruction at the United States Military Academy on whiteness. That a cross-reference of that professor's writings suggests that the modern-day Republican Party is a white supremacist party. Would would it be appropriate to have Republican lecturers making that point about Democrats? I don't think so at all. So I, I, I think that we should not become the school board. I don't think we need to... That's all you fucks do. That's how many TPUSA videos have I seen where they go to campuses and preach exactly that? Give lectures on how bad the left is. What is PragerU? You've got a whole organization propped up by dark money posing as a university, PragerU, pumping out that kind of bullshit. Let's keep with the xenophobia. Here is Ted Cruz down at the border hunting down traffickers. Oh shit, it's got some it's got some dramatic music under it and everything. Yep, right there. there. Look at Ted Cruz, this is a little flashlight. Oh, there's there, there we go, right there. Man, do you see this? Yes. Moving right there. Right so now. we're looking right across the river at a group of traffickers preparing to bring people across. I don't see shit. See them. The Border Patrol right Tower, there they are. They're walking right there. That looks like a couple of kids. 
pointing and laughing at you, Ted Cruz. They're like, look at that stupid Ted Cruz over there. They're right on the opposite side of the border. There they are, moving right there on the left. Um, they're not concerned at all. They know they've been spotted. It'd be hilarious if they were over there like, look at these motherfuckers getting ready to come into Mexico and get some, some cheap health care. Oh my god! This was produced by Ted Cruz in a social media uh, in a social media Wednesday. That's literally what the Hill says in a social media Wednesday. Senator Ted Cruz helped Border Patrol locate and identify a group of traffickers. Right wingers are morons. But don't ask me, ask Ted Cruz, who has had to walk back his comments about a Taliban helicopter. Taliban helicopter video debunked by fact checkers. Ted Cruz walks back an accurate tweet. Images showing a person suspended from a helicopter over Afghanistan spread widely on social media, despite efforts by fact checkers to correct false claims about it purportedly showing a Taliban execution. Republican members of Congress, including Senator Ted Cruz and Representative Dan Crenshaw. Just so everyone knows, I would give anything, any amount of money that there is to give, I would give it to be able to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. Senator Ted Cruz and Representative Dan Crenshaw, both of Texas, helped amplify the debunked narrative this week by sharing the same post on Twitter. Taliban hanging someone from a helicopter in Kandahar. Twitter user Holoborn LOLs. <laughs> Holoborn LOLs wrote in a tweet Monday shared by Mr. Cruz and Mr. Crenshaw. <laughs> Oh, motherfuck. Video shows an individual suspended from a helicopter, but that person is neither dead nor being hanged, as numerous Twitter users wrongly interpreted or suggested. Upon closer inspection, the person hanging from the helicopter can be seen to be moving and waving, Reuters reported on Tuesday. Other photos help dispel the narrative of the person being executed. Thousands on social media... Thousands of social media users had seen the footage by then, however, as of Wednesday... The short clip embedded in the tweet later shared by the Texas lawmakers had been viewed about 3 million times. I'm sure like a couple years from now, I'm going to be having an argument with some dumb fuck. You're like, remember when the Taliban hung somebody with her helicopter? <laughs> no, that never happened. You're stupid. Like the guy that keeps commenting on my YouTube channel. I've got proof of a ballot dump. No, you don't. Here's Ron Johnson telling you you're stupid because he was on the same ballot. Good guy, Ron Johnson. I would have engaged if I'd been in something that was like in that in that territory. I was like, we're we're doing some other kind of news right now. I can't interrupt my flow. FBI spy planes monitored a single suspect for nearly 429 hours. Now remember, I did the story a week ago, two weeks ago, 
about how there was this group on Twitter that was helping the DOJ be able to bring charges against Capitol rioters. Oh, no, you're fine, Cricks. I I agree with your sentiment. But we were, do, we were doing the, the story about how this group on Twitter was helping to identify the charges... And I asked the question, like, what have we spent all the... Like, it's, it, it has to be in the trillions now of money we have spent. National security and the surveillance state. Fucking all our phones are going through the NSA. We know this. So, like, why is it incumbent upon fucking sleuths on Twitter to identify the charges of Capitol rioters? Why is the FBI spending nearly 429 hours monitoring a single suspect? Probably wasn't even fucking doing anything. The FBI's secretive spy plane program targeted a man in Florida. Well, if you're going to target somebody anywhere in the country that might be doing something shady, Florida man is the one to target. Targeted a man in Florida last year with nearly constant surveillance logging more than 400 hours in the air with a fleet of Cessna aircraft registered to what appear to be front companies. This aerial surveillance, described in a filing made Monday in federal court, reveals for the first time that the FBI's enormous capacity to target a single individual inside the United States for prolonged monitoring using aircraft. The fleet of FBI planes, often small small aircraft, are outfitted with high-tech video cameras and tracking devices known as cell site simulators that trick mobile phones into connecting to the FBI's device rather than to a legitimate cell phone tower. Revelations came in the case of Mohammed Momtaz Alizari, an alleged supporter of the Islamic State, who federal prosecutors said was plotting a terrorist attack in the Tampa Bay area. Alizari pleaded not guilty to one count of providing material support to terrorists and two firearms charges. The filing outlined the extraordinary aerial surveillance and a motion to suppress all evidence derived from the FBI's activities in the air. A federal public defender... uh, I can't talk tonight. I am sorry. A federal public defender argued in the filing that the FBI's aerial surveillance was an illegal, warrantless search and that information obtained from this surveillance may have been used to recruit informants and justify search warrants as well as authorize highly invasive monitoring under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. So he was brown-skinned. That's, that's why we were able to find him and pinpoint him and watch him. Maybe maybe white people don't show up on their radars or some shit. Can you imagine how much money it cost to have Cessnas up in the air for 429 fucking hours? For a suspected terrorist. Meanwhile, I can point the FBI to known terrorists. Known terrorists. Known as the Sackler family. Who made billions from Oxycontin. 
Members of the Sackler family who are at the center of the nation's deadly opioid crisis have won sweeping immunity from opioid lawsuits linked to their privately owned company, Purdue Pharma, and its Oxycontin medication. And that's another thing that, like, anytime you're having an argument with capitalists, they justify the exorbitant salaries of CEOs and owners and shit because they take the risk. I hear that all the time because they take the risk. If the company fails, it's on them. Come company does something illegal, it's on them, but how come that never fucking happens? Federal Judge Robert Drain approved a bankruptcy settlement on Wednesday that grants the Sacklers global peace from any liability for the opioid epidemic. This is a bitter result, Drain said. I believe that at least some of the Sackler parties have liability for those opioid Oxycontin claims. I would have expected a higher settlement. The complex bankruptcy plan confirmed by Drain at a hearing in White Plains, New York, was negotiated in a series of intense closed-door mediation sessions over the past two years. The deal grants releases from liability for harm caused by Oxycontin and other opioids to the Sacklers, hundreds of their associates, as well as their remaining empire of companies and trusts. In return, they have agreed to pay roughly $4.3 billion while also forfeiting ownership of Purdue Pharma. $4.3 billion sounds like a lot, but it doesn't even scratch the surface, and apparently by the time they pay it back over like 10 years, they'll be worth more than that. I mean, they're already worth like fucking, what, $40 billion or something, $50 billion. I mean, It's an ungodly number. In his bench ruling, Drain acknowledged the devastating harm caused by Purdue Pharma's opioid products, which he said contributed to a massive public health crisis. According to Drain, the settlement offers an opportunity to help communities with funding for drug treatment and other opioid abatement programs. Clear to me after a lengthy trial that there is now no other reasonable conceivable means to achieve this result. The Sacklers, who admit no wrongdoing and who by their own reckoning earned more than $10 billion from opioid sales, will remain one of the wealthiest families in the world. Representatives for... Representatives of the Mortemeyer Sackler branch of the family. The Mortemeyer Sackler branch of the family. They even sound like people that I, I hate. The Mortemeyer Sackler branch of the family I picked a good day to wear my fucking Karl Marx shirt fuck while we dispute the allegations that have been made about our family we have embraced this path in order to help combat a serious and complex public health crisis in his ruling, Judge Drain noted that members of the Sackler family had declined to offer an explicit apology for their role for their role in leading Purdue Pharma. Forced apology is not really an apology, Drain said, so we will have to live without one. 
No toilets on those little Cessnas. Well, they also you couldn't you couldn't fly like four hundred and twenty six hours straight or whatever the fuck it was. You'd have to you'd have to come down for fuel. At least in Minnesota, we are getting some modicum of justice. First degree manslaughter charge added to the case against former Brooklyn Center police officer Kim Potter. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison announced Thursday that the state will add a first-degree manslaughter charge to the case against former Brooklyn Center police officer Kim Potter. In a statement Ellison's office said after conducting a review of the case, the Attorney General believed Potter acted recklessly while handling a firearm, warranting the amendment to the complaint. The original charge of second-degree manslaughter also still stands. Potter is accused of shooting and killing a 20-year-old Dante Wright in April during a traffic stop. The amended criminal complaint says Potter believed she was reaching for her taser when she pulled out her handgun and subsequently shot Wright. Immediately after the shooting, the complaint says Potter said, I shot him, I'm going to prison, I killed a boy. Yep, and you should. And you should. You should, ma'am. Two days after the fatal shooting, both Potter and Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tim Gannon resigned from their positions. The complaint also states Potter received a substantial amount of training in both the use of firearms and tasers. The training included how to draw, aim, and use each weapon correctly and the risk of confusing the two. Now, this was the cop that the Brooklyn Center Police protected. They built a barrier around her house. I'm kind of tired of seeing police forces and cities stand behind killer cops. Same thing happened in my city. The city still stands, still stands behind a cop convicted of murder. They were still paying him up until a couple of weeks ago. They were paying a cop convicted of murder. We were paying him for months after his conviction. Still, my tax dollars were still paying for this cop after he was convicted of murder. At least Kim Potter had the fucking, had the balls to actually step down and resign her position instead of trying to fucking suck more money from the taxpayers. This past week, the body camera footage from the incident, which the cops and the city had fought to make sure they couldn't be released. This, this, this event happened in April of 2018. The conviction was a few months ago. So we're going to go ahead. We'll hit the content warning. I'm sure this is graphic as fuck. This is... The officer who fired a shotgun at a man who was holding a gun to his own head. This guy was suicidal. The cops barged into his house. The man's name was Jeff Parker. Other officers that ranked above Officer Darby were on the scene and had control. Darby violated the orders of a ranking officer. 
We are going to see that here on the camera. So remember that the officer who is already on the scene is the ranking officer, not Darby, who we're going to be in the car with, I believe, here. As Darby pulls up to the scene. Tones, glad to see you on the Twitch. So, April 3rd, 2018. I want, like, this happens within, like, a minute and a half of him exiting his vehicle. So, remember that as we're watching it. It was my first time watching the video. They just released it, like, last week. Bought to make sure it couldn't be released. I don't, what what is this dude doing? He is in a for several calls holding. Oh, I guess he had a lock on his gun. That's what he was using the the. I thought he pulled the gun from his trunk, so that he's got a shotgun. Remember, remember, the cops that are already on the scene have the area secured. There's a man sitting on the couch with a gun to his own head. To his own head. He has never pointed a gun at any of the other officers. And there's even a, there's a cute puppy right there. See, the other officers don't have their guns pointed. He can shoot you. Yeah, the woman you are hearing talking right now is the ranking officer on the scene. And she has everything under control. Put the gun down. Put the gun down. Hey, bro. Put it down, bro. Put the gun Put down. Put it down. I'm not going to tell you again. Please. Please. Lower the gun. 44 shots. 44 shots. What? How the fuck does this have ads on it? Just blasted a man right in the face. Huntsville Police, if anyone else is here, come out now! Absolute bullshit. All the way to the end, Huntsville City Hall fought against making the videos public. The city filed an objection to the judge's order on Friday, but the judge ignored it. They fought to keep this footage under wraps because it clearly showed, which I mean, this came out in court. We knew that he just walked in and shot the motherfucker in the face for no reason.
A cab. Fuck. I'm so glad they didn't harm that puppy. That was such a cute puppy. But I mean, they shot a man in the face. They shot a man in the face. Ex-prosecutor indicted for misconduct in the Amman Arbery death investigation. This is the young man in Georgia who was running through the neighborhood. He went on to a a job site where they're building a house, which just scared the shit out of me because you know how many fucking houses were being built that I used to go and smoke pot in all the fucking time in the middle of the night? This dude, like, goes up to a house in the middle of the fucking day. Now, the prosecutor, the original prosecutor in the case, has now been indicted for their role in the cover-up. The cover-up. Attorney General Chris Carr on Thursday announced the indictment of former District Attorney Jackie Johnson, who was strongly criticized over the way she handled the Amon Arbery case. Johnson was indicted on charges of violation of oath of public office and obstruction of a police officer. The charges, as alleged in the indictment, are related to the investigation surrounding the deadly shooting of Aubrey. Specifically, the indictment accuses Johnson in February of 2020 of violating her oath as district attorney by showing favor and affection to Greg McMichael during the investigation. There's a picture of her with the motherfucker somewhere. Maybe it's not on this article. I saw it somewhere else, though. If convicted of violation of oath of public officer, the felony charge carries a sentence of one to five years. The obstruction and hindering a law enforcement officer charge is a misdemeanor and carries up to 12 months. I, I think the job of law enforcement just attracts assholes, to be honest with you. Oh, God, I fucking... I didn't put it on here again. Hold on, let me find it. I bookmarked it this time. The, the fucking statement from the Aurora Police Department. It just... It pissed me off so fucking bad reading it. The Aurora Police Department are the ones that killed Elijah McClain. He was like the 20-year-old that played violin to shelter cats and shit. He was just walking home from a store and they were arresting him for resisting arrest. God damn it. I wanted that full fucking statement because it is just outlandish. It's heartless. Okay, I had to go to their fucking Facebook. I found it. Here we go. The article we read last night just had a piece of it. This is the official statement from the Aurora Police Association. 
Immediately after Elijah McLean's death, Chief Metz stated clearly that Mr. McLean was not murdered by Aurora Police Department officers. Nothing has changed. Our officers did nothing wrong. Mr. McLean died due to a combination of exertion due to his his decision to violently violently resist arrest and a pre-existing heart condition. You can't resist arrest when you're not being arrested for something that's justifiable. He, he, resisting arrest isn't a charge you can just charge somebody with. He was alive and talking when the officers turned him over to the EMS. There is no evidence that APD officers caused his death. They injected him with ketamine. They insisted that the, uh, that the EMS crew inject him with ketamine. The hysterical overreaction to this case has severely damaged the police department. They're the victims. The hysterical overreaction is because people are upset that you killed a kid. You call that a hysterical overreaction? No, I call fucking accusing a kid who did nothing wrong of being a violent criminal and resisting arrest. I call that a hysterical overreaction. Inevitably, the public are the ones who paid the price. This fall, the public has the opportunity to restore sanity to this situation in the city council elections. They should not take a return to normalcy for granted. As I understand it, they were doing some fucking study about the the use of ketamine in arrests, like that specific hospital or whatever, however the EMTs were contracted out of, and the Aurora Police Department found out about this study and then started insisting that EMTs use it because they knew that the study was going on. It is a fucking wild-ass story. Elijah McClain should still be alive. Thankfully, we got indictments. It took far too fucking long. But I mean... If there is some good news when it comes to policing in this country, it is that they um, they seem to be hell bent on weeding themselves out. And here, and like, and this is just one of the many stories I could have played for you uh, yet again of a cop dying of COVID nineteen. They are dropping like flies. Tim Morris, who served in the city police department for almost 20 years. He died yesterday due to complications related to COVID-19. LEX-18's Mike Valenti spoke with Rita Morris, who says her husband had much to live for. Tim and Rita Morris were looking forward to the next chapter of their lives after he retired from the Stanford Police Department last December. Oh, shit, he wasn't even an active cop. Camping a lot. A well-deserved retirement for a man who had been... Oh, shit. According to the SPD, Tim had spearheaded... The I was adding them to the list. And when COVID prevented the group from meeting, he and his wife went out and did the shopping. 
and made deliveries to the kids. He was always willing to give. He was always willing to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just know that this is your daily reminder that cops are dropping like flies because a lot of them are refusing the vaccine. Many police unions are refusing vaccine mandates. To the shock of no one, Tennessee schools with no opt-out mask policy have the lowest COVID-19 case rates. The Tennessee Department of Health reported Monday that school districts in the state that are not allowing parents to opt out of their students wearing masks in class have the lowest cumulative case rates for children ages 0 to 18. Duh. Meanwhile, the next state over in Georgia. It's one thing to laugh about cops dying. It's another thing like... Poor little dude, Floyd County boy dies as COVID surges among Georgia's uh, children. Pediatric cases of COVID-19 started spiking across Georgia last month. 13-year-old Porter Helms was among those who tested positive. The 8th grader had been quarantining at home in Floyd County for about uh, a week when his father checked in on him to give him his medications at 3 a.m. on Tuesday. When his dad came back two hours later, Porter wasn't breathing. Emergency workers tried CPR and transported him to the hospital, but he could not be revived. Poor fucking kid died needlessly as we're just sending all the children out into this gigantic social experiment to give them all the COVID. Liberty University has more COVID-19 cases than four larger Virginia campuses combined. I'm assuming they have less restrictions, too. Do we have a no- local news report on this? COVID cases in just a week. LU is not requiring vaccines. Some others in Virginia are. ABC 13 Cynthia Beasley is live in Lynchburg. She looked into how other universities compare to LU. Liberty University is reporting 488 active COVID cases on campus. 430 of those are students. That's a huge increase from last week when they reported 159. Did you guys pray about it? And in just 10 days, LU says they've had 535 students and employees. Did did you ask Jesus to protect you? Compares to other Virginia colleges. Virginia Tech says 35 students tested positive in the last seven days. Virginia Commonwealth University is reporting 29 active student cases. University of Virginia says 47... Now, this is in Virginia. They have Democratic leadership. I'm sure they all have mask mandates. Uh, I, I think that means Liberty University Tech has a vaccine mandate. ...times the number of student cases than those four schools have combined. Liberty University also has the smallest on-campus student population. University spoke... Oh, weird that it's only circulating in certain populations. 15,000 students who live on campus or in the Lynchburg metro area. The largest of those four other schools... I don't think it's named after David Lynch. 37,000 students. 
Another difference, all four of those universities require students to get... It'd be awfully cool if it was. They also require masks. David Lynch would probably not be impressed, though. does not require vaccines. Last week, the university said they're encouraging mask wearing, but it's not required. I asked Scott Lamb for an interview. Well, I wonder why he ended up with so many students with the COVID then. ...use cases of COVID. His press secretary said over email, quote... Governor Northam is grateful to the colleges and universities across Virginia who have done the right thing and put common sense COVID-19 protections in place. This virus is very real and very dangerous, and vaccines are the only way we can put this behind us once and for all. LU has been using the annex, which is the dorm behind me, for students with COVID to quarantine. However, Scott Lamb tells us that over the weekend, the annex hit maximum capacity of 204 students. So as for the rest of those students who have tested positive, Lamb says they're being asked to quarantine in their dorms along with their roommates. Live in Lynchburg, Cynthia Beasley, ABC 3rd. Liberty's not had a good couple of years, have they? Despite what you might have seen at your local school board meeting, parents are pretty unanimous that uh, they wish that there were, you know, other options besides full-time in-person learning. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Have I lost internet? Well, well. I'm glad I can still see the chat going while nothing is working. That's weird. How do I have enough internet to have the chat going? Oh, there goes the chat. All right. uh, The live show crapped out. Podcast listeners. All two of you. I appreciate you guys. So, you're the only ones hearing this right now. I, you know, I was just going to go ahead and finish the show, but I don't have any internet. I can't, that's, the article I was pulling up to read went kaput on me. So, I don't, I don't have the internet to read the articles. It has not come back to me yet. I was like, you know what? I'll just finish the show with the podcast, and I can't. I can't. I don't have the. I don't have the ability to do that. So I'm sorry. Guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up for the night. You don't. You don't get your. Oh my God! I had the video, the cat helping out the weatherman because apparently when I ended the stream last night, it ended on YouTube and it cut off the end of the show. I was gonna do the cat weatherman again. Nobody gets the Cat Weatherman video now. Can't pull it up. If you were watching on Twitch, I would send you over to Echoplex Media. For Media Winch's birthday, but there's nobody watching on Twitch. So go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night. On the Friday Night Freak Show, hopefully Sparkles is feeling good and she'll be here with us in the studio.